Hey, we're Jeff and Jackie Lynch. We're part of the ministry team here at Compassion Church in beautiful Danville, Virginia. We are so glad that you have found us. Here's this week's message. Well, I want to I thank uh, the faithful few, man. So proud of y'all for getting in your canoe and coming to church this morning. Uh, thank you for coming out. Um, you know... Standing here, just just kind of soaking it all in this morning, and, and I just want to start off by saying this, man. Um, beginning of the year, look, I get it. It's rainy. It's nasty outside. Uh, not nearly as many people as there normally are, and there's a spirit that wants to fall over us and says, "Let's just get through this one." How about we don't just get through anything with God, right? How, how about how about we come into this room this morning looking for God to set something off in the first of the year to get this thing rolling, right? I didn't get out of bed. I mean, that rain was coming down on that tin roof, y'all, this morning. I would have been real, real happy to just lay there, but I was looking for God to do something, and I hope you're expecting him to do something this morning, too. So how about we pray right quick before we get started in this thing? Lord, I just thank you for this place that you have provided for us to worship God. Lord, we are not piled up in somebody's basement hiding from the authorities with the Bible stuck under the couch when somebody knocks on the door. God, we're able to be right out in public, right out here in front of your people proclaiming your name, singing praises to you, God. And Lord, yes, it's rainy. And yes, it's it's first of the year and all of those things, God. But Lord, we are so thrilled by who you are. God, we're thirsty for more of you this morning. God, we've just come through a season and we've ended a year and now it's time to start something new. It's time to turn the page and step into something new. And Lord, this morning we come expecting. Holy Spirit of God, we sang it. Fill this place, Lord. Fill it from, from top to bottom, corner to corner. We've already sang that song. And we're asking you to do this thing this morning, Lord. Meet us in this place. God, I pray that, that you will take your hammer and just drive it into our hearts this morning, Lord. Pound out the junk that doesn't need to be in us. Lord, whip us into whatever you want us to be and get us to where you want us to be so that you can take us where you want us to go. Lord, we pray for your presence and for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I want, to, I want to begin here. We're going to get into the message in just a moment. And, and the title of our message today, I'm really excited about just even the title of this speaks to me. The title of the message today is Even If You Don't. God, even if you don't. We'll get to that in just a minute. But, but I want to take just a moment before we get started because if you've been paying attention over the last couple of weeks, we've been telling you both through social media and from this stage that today starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know, man, that's a, <clears throat> that's a little, little tough situation to get ourselves into. 21 days of prayer and fasting. You say, what does that even mean? Well, what that means is, is, is we come to a time every year, the first of the year, every year this church goes through this season where for 21 days we're just saying that individually, as, as individual people, we are going to seek after God. We're going to push things aside. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say, God, you are so important to me. I'm going to start my year coming after you. And I'm not going to do it just by going to church on Sunday. I'm going to devote myself to you for 21 days. And so that starts today and goes through Saturday, uh, the 22nd, and you say, well, how do I do this? What does it look like? Well, 
before I, I kind of give you some ideas, here's what I want you to know. The best resource that I can give you right now, we've made available to you on social media. I think they may even have a slide. Yep, they got it behind me there. So if you go to uh, look at the bottom there, CompassionDanville, um, CompassionDanville.com slash announcement slash 21 days. Or if you just want to pull out your phone right now, pull out your phone, pull up the camera uh, app on your phone like you're going to take a picture, point it at that QR code. It'll take you right to the thing. So go ahead and, and bring your camera up. Take a, uh, get your camera up to that. It'll take you right to the thing. And there's a, a prayer and fasting uh, PDF guide that you can download. That should take you right to it when you focus on that little QR code. And I was looking through that guide this morning. It is fantastic. It tells you why we fast. It tells you how you can fast. Uh, and, and it gives you a daily guide for every day during the 21 days. And so I'm really going to encourage you to take me up on this. I'm really going to encourage you to take me up on this. You say, why, Jeff? Well, it's not anything to do about losing weight. It's not anything to do about seeing who can be the toughest. It's about saying that there are some things that I need to experience from God that I'm only going to get through fasting. And yes, fasting is going to be hard. Let me just tell you this. It's not going to be easy, and you're going to want to quit. And there are going to be days where you mess up and you, you blow it. But keep doing it. Don't quit. Don't quit. And when you think that I'm hungry and I'm, I'm tired and I'm weak, that's when, when you feel those things. Part of fasting is showing you that you have a deep need, a deep desire to get closer to God. And so when you start feeling that hunger, when you start feeling that, that irritability, all that stuff, it does. It comes along with fasting. But you're going to find that if you'll persevere, and you go to God and you pray. Fasting is about making more time to pray, making more time to read God's Word, making more time to connect with Him. And so when you push aside from the food and you push aside maybe from the social media, however you choose to do it, you're making time to connect with God. Now, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen right now because we've done this every year. In the first few days, there will be a few people who's posting on social media, and I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm trying. And by the time we come back together next week, it's going to be me and my family and about half of our staff that's still doing this. That's the way it always goes. And I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't give up. Do this thing. 21 days, and you're going to see God do amazing things. Last year, I got a few days into the fast, and I walked outside, and God and I were just talking as I was walking outside. And, and I remember just kind of in my mind thinking, God, I'm doing this prayer thing. I mean, I'm doing this fasting thing. I'm, I'm depriving myself of the food. It's making me irritable. I'm doing the thing, but I don't know what I'm getting out of it. And I remember specifically God speaking in my spirit. Not audible, but I, I had this sense that God was saying to me, you're doing it, but what are you fasting for? In other words, if you're just depriving yourself of food and all of that stuff, then Mike Strange said this this morning, you're, you're just dieting. Well, I'm not dieting. I'm seeking God. I need more of him. He said, what are you fasting for? Now, wow, okay. God, I don't know. I'm not sure. I hadn't really thought about that. I was just kind of checking off the boxes and doing the things. But when I started talking with God and I started being transparent with God about, about things that I felt like he had built into me, things that I felt like he wanted me to do, and I'd been pushing on doors that wouldn't open. I said, God, I really want you to use me to, to grow your kingdom, to influence people. That's what I want to see happen. 
Y'all, I'm not making this up. That very day, I got a phone call that opened the door to allow me to, to have influence, to have an opportunity to lead people that are leaders in churches all up and down the East Coast. And that same day, I got a phone call about opportunities with God's pit crew that opened doors that we saw fruit coming from that all year last year. And that came from a time of fasting. I'm encouraging you to do this thing. Seek after God, put him first, and watch what he's going to do in your life. Now, if you just go to that resource, it's going to give you all the details. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I'll be glad to answer any questions you have. I want to encourage you, but I want you to keep doing this thing. So, there we go. Now, today... We're moving into a series of messages that we call Bust a Move. If you saw the lobby man, how about our lobby team for putting together a great-looking 80s theme out there? Give them a big hand, man. Really cool. I love what they've done. Very creative. They put that together. And so, so if, if you are people of a certain age, if you were around in the 80s, you might remember a, a, a guy, a singer, a rapper. His name was Young MC, and he told us all, don't just stand there. That's right. Don't just stand there. Bust a move. And what I'm telling you today is don't just stand there. It's time for you to bust a move, man. Right? So, so if, if you've not moved spiritually in years, you've just been going through the motions, don't just stand there. Right. You got it. If you're in a season of stuck and you don't want to be stuck and you don't know why you're stuck and you're just stuck, don't just stand there. Oh, y'all are so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're lost and you've been wandering and you've been trying to find answers, don't just stand there. <laughs> if you find yourself in a place where you have become um, self-absorbed and apathetic and self-centered, don't just stand there. Oh, y'all are so good, so good. Well, to bust a move is going to require that you get out of your comfort zone. It's going to require you to make some bold and daring moves. Um, it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone. Y'all, can I tell you that, that from, from about Thanksgiving until, I would say until Christmas, but really until about yesterday, I've been all up in my comfort zone. Anybody else out there been taking it easy for about a month, right? I mean, I've been eating everything that wouldn't nail down, hadn't been doing much exercising, right? Staying up late, watching YouTube and movies and all of that stuff, sleeping in in the mornings, all of that stuff. And, and, and it's just been that season where it's been easy to do that. But do you grow any when you're in those easy seasons? Well, yeah, I grew a lot from a 36 to a 38, and a 40 would probably feel pretty good. <laughs> I mean, keep eating all the stuff that they put in front of you. But do you really grow, man? Um, you don't become stronger. You don't become better. You don't become better prepared for what's ahead when things are easy. So if you've got your little outline, pull, everybody pull out your little bulletin outline that you picked up coming in. And by the way, when you come in the door, if you don't get one of those outlines, you're missing out. I want you to get the outline, the little bulletin handout, and I want you to take notes. And this week, I want you to, to look back at what you wrote down in your notes on Sunday morning. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down. Tests are a part of life. Tests are a part of life. 
Now, as you're writing that down, I want to encourage you that this outline that you have is filled with Scripture. And the more notes you write on it today, the more you're going to be able to come back to it later on in the week. Also, don't miss out on the back of the, of the handout there because it tells you a lot of things that's coming up. Uh, some of the events that may be coming up, it's going to tell you how you can get connected at our church. So use that handout. We, we print that out for you as a resource. Now, where are we going today? Well, in the Old Testament... In the book of Daniel, uh, we're going to step into a story where three young men faced a real test. And I mean a real test. Now remember, tests are a part of life. And we're talking about bust to move, and tests are a part of life. So these three men find themselves in a place where, where they're in a confrontation with a king. Like you can have lots of confrontations, but a confrontation with a king normally isn't going to end well. And this isn't just any king. This is a king whose name is Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. And because God's people, the people of Israel, the Jewish people that God had chosen, because they had made the decision in generations before that we're not going to follow the ways of our God, God allowed them to move away from him. It was their decision. He allowed them to choose that. And as they did, man, it was just like if you were to walk outside this morning with no umbrella and all that rain is just pounding down, the people of God had moved away from the protection of God and they had chosen to step outside of God's protection. Some of you here this morning may be living in a season where you stepped away from the plan of God and it feels like you are constantly in a downpour. Maybe that's why. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, and the Babylonian army had come into, into Israel, Jerusalem especially, and, and, and overtaken what had been God's people. And God allowed this because they had turned their backs on God. When Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army overtook uh, Jerusalem, Israel, Judah, that whole thing, um, they, they, they became... Um, they became, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fugitives, basically. They were, they were taken from their home, and they were taken into captivity in Babylon. Now, as Nebuchadnezzar looked over the men that they had captured, he saw several guys that, that looked strong and healthy and all of those kinds of things, and he said, bring those men to me. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment, but as the story progresses, Nebuchadnezzar proves himself to be this hugely narcissistic king, meaning he, he, he really began to believe that, that he was a god and that no other god could stand against him. And so he even had a, a, a tower, a, a, an image of him that was 90 feet tall built. And he told all of the people that, that when, when you're around this tower, whenever you hear the music play, when the music plays, you are to hit your face, bow down, and worship this image of me. Huh, interesting. Not the most humble guy. Would you agree with that, right? Um, so, so when the music played, they, they would play the music. And when the music played, all of the people, everyone would just fall down, bow down, and worship King Nebuchadnezzar. That's what everyone did. Everyone except three men whose names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep, you've heard of them. 
Now, just a, just a side note here. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were four of the young men that were, were part of this Babylonian exiles, four of the young men that Nebuchadnezzar and his men looked at and said, we want you, you, you look strong and smart and all of those things. We want you to come be part of us. So, so join in with our training. And he, he brought them into, into their training. And so Nebuchadnezzar's leaders said to these young men, we're going to feed you this. We're going to put you through this exercise regiment, da 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 we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna grow you in this. And these men said, can we just please ask that instead of eating the king's rich food, could we just eat what, what we have become accustomed to eating in our native Jewish tradition? If you hear us talk about the Daniel fast sometimes, that's where it comes from. Part of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, some of you, a lot of you maybe, will choose to do the Daniel fast, and that's choosing to eat only things that come from the ground. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, berries, seeds, no processed food, no meat, no sugar, no bread, all of those things. That's what these young men did uh, in front of Nebuchadnezzar, and when the period was over with and they were presented before the king's men, they were stronger and smarter and sharper and healthier. Maybe you want to give it a try. So anyway, let's, let's go back to the text and let's see what happens when the boys refuse to fall down and worship Nebuchadnezzar. So they've decided we're not doing that. We're going to only worship our God. Daniel 3, verse 13, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That sounds, some of y'all just had a chill jump over your spine because you remember in middle school getting called to the principal's office, right? Yeah, so that's what just happened. They got summoned to come to the king. Oh, no, this is not good. So these men were brought before the king, verse 14, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now, now, just pay attention right here. King with all of his robe and all of his authority and all of his power, and he's already overtaking your nation. You've been called in in front of him, you and your guys. You're standing in that place, and he's looking at you, and he's asking you a very pointed question. And you know that your answer to this question could determine whether or not you live. And it may not just be about being killed, they had really creative ways of getting people dead, if you know what I'm saying. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now, he's going to give them a chance. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, maybe you didn't understand what I said the last time, so let's just, let's just try this again. When you hear it, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, boys, very good. And you can imagine Nebuchadnezzar in all of his evil, focusing his glare into the eyes, into the hearts of these men with the intention of bringing terror to them. And he says, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then... What God, notice it's a little G God, will be able to rescue you from my hand. Do you see what Nebuchadnezzar just did? He put himself on the, on the same level as what he considered to be a plethora of gods. 
He considered himself to be a God, and because he had been able to capture other lands and do all of these things, and other, other nations had cried out to their gods, and he still was able to capture them. He's saying, I don't care who your God is. He's thinking little G God, as if there are many of them. Your God won't save you from me because I'm throwing you in there. But what he didn't know is that there is one true and living God. There is one Almighty. There is one Yahweh. And it doesn't matter what Nebuchadnezzar wants to do. When Almighty God steps into the situation, even the fire doesn't stand a chance. See, the king's not just testing these men. He doesn't realize it. But he's testing and he's taunting Almighty God. They have a decision to make. Are we going to do what most of us would probably do? Let's just be honest here now. Most of us facing that situation, facing that fear, like you've seen burn victims. Nobody wants to be burned. That fire is scary, man. That fire is scary. Nobody wants to face that. Most of us would have said, yeah, yeah, you know what? I must have had some bad pit. What am I thinking? I don't care what these other cats do. I will be on my face when that music plays. Well, they got a decision to make. Take matters into their own hands or trust God and leave the consequences to him. Let's keep going. Here's the second thing. Bust a move. Decide to worship God no matter what. For some of you here this morning, you have spent your life with one foot in and one foot out. And if it was convenient for you to worship God, you did. And if you got the goose willies when the band sang the song and it felt good, praise God. I love Jesus. Amen. But if it got hard, if your stomach started growling because we're fasting, well, let me just quit on that. When it got hard, when they expected me to be somewhere, when it got hard, when God asked me to give some money, when it got hard and I had to, had to put myself in front of ridicule, then, then I abandoned it all. And today is a bust-a-move day. Today is a day where, where we consider who God is, where we consider where our, where our fortunes, and I don't mean money, I mean, I mean the favor and the promise of God. Where does it come from? When we decide that we will worship God and follow Him no matter what, we position ourselves squarely for the blessings of God. Go back to the Word, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego replied to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we know who you are. We know what you are capable of, and we clearly understand what you're saying. Notice what they say. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Somebody ought to shout real loud right there. We don't need to defend ourselves. How much time do we waste defending ourselves when, when, the, word says, when the Word says that we will, we will walk with Him? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. And when He's with me, He's in front of me. And when He's in front of me, He's defending me. He's protecting me, and I don't have to waste time. We don't need to defend ourselves before You if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Stop right there. Do you see what they just said? In faith, they just declared that God will rescue us. They didn't just believe this. They said it, and when they said it, they took a step of faith. They really took a leap of faith because in saying the thing, they put themselves in a place where they were exposed. 
Faith will always, always, always require you to go beyond thinking something and cause you to act on it. They acted on it when they said the thing. We know that our God will save us, and he will rescue us, O king. And here's the point of everything, verse 18. Verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your little g-gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Even if he does not rescue us, you're not God and I'm not serving you. Even if you throw me into that fire and you kill me, my spirit, my soul will live on and I will worship the one who will rescue me for eternity. How many times do we make decisions based on what we're feeling right now in the here and now? The psalm says, my life is but a handbreadth before you. And when you picture the breadth of your hand, and a line going eternally that way, and a line going eternally that way, that hand is just a... But how many times do we make decisions based on what I'm feeling right now? Have you ever had an experience like this in your life? Situations back you into a corner where you have to choose? You know, as a church, Jackie alluded to it earlier, we went through a really hard week. And I say we because I said last week, Hashtag, let's do it together. Well, last week, I feel like as a church, we went through this thing with Wes and Karen Chilton together. Uh, most of you know by now that Wes and Karen Chilton, uh, had, had, Karen was pregnant, and about halfway through her, her pregnancy, she received news that, that there were issues with this baby. And, they, and, and, and the issues, they were being told, the doctors came to them and said, you know, there, there's some really serious concerns, and you're going to need to decide what you're going to do with this baby. Really, what they were saying is this baby's not viable. He's not going to make it. And if he does, there's going to be serious complications. And our recommendation to you is that you terminate this pregnancy. And we prayed with Wes and Karen, and we were heartbroken for them in the middle of the season where they were making decisions about what they would do. And in all of that, you can only imagine them thinking, well, should we just stop this pregnancy? Should we abort? Like, 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 is, is that the right thing to do? What if this child's born? And what if he lives to be a, a ripe old age and every day we have to take care of him? And, and what if he's, what if he's, what if he's, what if? How many of y'all know the enemy will throw a million what if he's in your mind? But God is constantly there to comfort you. And faith is always going to require that you take action. And this week was really hard. But choosing to worship God. Worshiping God means I ascribe value to Him. And I know that He is the one. And I'm going to say to Him, God, even if you don't make things turn out the way I want you to, I'm still going to honor your name. I'm going to worship you and I'm going to bless you. Karen and Wes made a decision in the middle of this pregnancy that we don't really know what to do, but God, we're going to trust you. And they went on and let that baby live inside of Karen. And they made their way to the day of and last week, so many of you guys were right here. And at the end of the service last week, we prayed for Wes and Karen. And the prayer that we prayed was, God, you already know what's going to happen. Help them through this. God, we would love to see a beautiful, healthy baby boy. But Lord, your will be done. And if you don't know, Karen gave birth on Tuesday morning. 
And for basically 24 hours, they had little Lincoln Reed, and you've seen the pictures on social media of holding that little baby boy. He was beautiful, and he looked perfect. But about 24 hours later, little Lincoln went to be with Jesus. And you say, what do you do with that? Well, as we sat at Wes and Karen's house the other day, this feeling of grief and just being blown apart and heartbrokenness and sadness is so real. I'm not here to tell you that when you say, God, even if you don't, that it's always going to work out the way that you want it to. But what did they do? They said, God, even if you don't give us a healthy baby boy that lives forever, you are our God. And we're going to trust you. And we're going to worship you. And we believe your word says that you make all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. And I can tell you all kinds of things about how baby Lincoln is in heaven and playing with his siblings that, that had went before him. and all. None of that matters when you're heartbroken. I get that, right? Your heart is aching because of what was lost. But my guess is, that what Wes and Karen are going to see is because of their faithfulness, because of their willingness to not take matters into their own hands, and by trusting God, they're going to see him do things that they never could have imagined. And some of you who are here today, you've been trying so hard to take matters into your own hands. Maybe you've got a, a child that's lost an addiction and you're wringing your hands and you're trying to kick every door open. Maybe you've got a spouse that's running around and breaking your heart and you're doing everything that you can. Maybe you've got a business that is failing and you're doing everything you can and your prayer is God change this, God fix this, God make it better. Well, what if he doesn't? Could your prayer be, God, even if you don't make it turn out the way I want it to, God, I will trust you. I will follow you. You are good no matter what. Church, there's a place we have to come to where we quit wrestling with this thing of what is God all about. God is good. God is perfect. God is love, and he's working all things together for good for you if you love him. And when we stop asking the question, question, God, why are you doing this? And put ourselves in a place of, God, you're perfect. You know what you're doing. Would you show me what you're doing? Watch what he'll do with that. Trust God no matter what. It's a bold move, man. Here's the next thing you need to know. When you choose to follow God, expect opposition. Expect opposition. Verse 19 then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He went from being calm, and, 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 and maybe you didn't understand, to know now you are openly defying me. And his thought is, I am a God, and I will make you pay. So he ordered the furnace, which was already hot enough, he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound, get this picture now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with all of their clothes on, they're bound up in ropes, and they're taken to the fire, and they're thrown into this blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Now get this picture in your mind. The king's strong men come and get them, and they tie them up, and they shove them 
as quickly as they can to the edge of the furnace, but it's seven times hotter. And as they get there, can you imagine? They know they can't turn back because the king's told us to do it. So they're shoving them in, but even as they are, the fire consumes them and kills them. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not dead. They're falling into the furnace. Now, now don't miss this. Don't miss this. Even though they came to a place where they, where they said, God, even if you don't, we're still going to follow you. Do you see what had to happen? They still had to go into that fire. God didn't stop the fire. He could have. God didn't strike Nebuchadnezzar dead right there. He could have. But for whatever reasons, they had to go into the fire. Why did they have to go into the fire? Because there's something in the fire that God wants to show the people around who are watching. Some of you are in a fire right now and you don't understand why. Expect opposition because in the opposition, the power of God is put on display. What happens next? What happens next? Well, you have a promise. And the promise is you will never walk alone. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar, as the men were thrown into the fire, as his men died, King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, were there not three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. But what he didn't know was that was God, not just a son of God, that's Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. God had come into this room, into this place, and had stepped into that furnace, and he's in there with them. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach! Meshach, Abednego, servants of, he didn't say gods this time, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Watch this. The satraps, the prefects, governors, royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that. Watch what happened. The fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was one hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. There were three men that were thrown in there, but there were four that were walking around because Jesus was right there with them. They walked around inside that fire. Fire's blazing, furnace seven times hotter. Men walked up to the edge of the door, and they were killed. They're walking around, and Jesus is in there with them. Boys, can you believe it? You, what, what did you think was going to happen? Jesus, we didn't know. We thought we were going to die. I mean, can you believe that your hands are free? I, I, what's happening? God, how, how could this be? It's because I love you, because I'm proud of you, because you trusted in me, and I told you that you wouldn't walk alone, and I told you that I would take you through this. And some of you today need to know, man, just keep walking with God. Go into this season of prayer and fasting, seeking that kind of power with God. When they came out of the fire, the fire that was all around them had not even touched them. When they came out, the fire that was all around them had not even touched them. Fire had not harmed their bodies. Fire had not singed their hair. It had not scorched their robes. There wasn't even a smell of fire on them. How could it be? How could this be? Well, it could be because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to a place where they knew that even though the whole nation that we live in has turned away from the living God, my only hope, my only chance is for me to walk with God. They were looking around, y'all, at people who were rebellious, people who had, 
had, had given up on the commands of God. God had told these people of Israel that I am with you, I'm for you, I'll protect you, I'll provide, I'll bless you if you follow my word. And they had said, no, I'm not doing that. And some of you who are here today, my guess is that some of you who are here today are expecting the blessings of God, but you're not willing to follow his word. And you're thinking that, that, that I can do things the way I want. I can say I love God, but I'm going to do the things that I want to do. And you can't do the things that you want to do that are completely in opposition to the Word of God and expect the protection and the blessing of God. The whole story of Daniel is a story. It's an amazing story. We may come back to him again next week in another story, but it's an amazing story of how the people of God had turned and ran away from God. And my guess is it's not that much different than our culture today. We're people who call ourselves Christians. We pick and choose from the Bible, the parts that, that, that we amen and hallelujah and praise God. Oh, yes, God's going to pour out his favor on me. Oh, yes, things are going to be great. But when we're living in a way that is completely in opposition to God's word, well, it couldn't really mean that. Yes, it does. You're either aligned with him or you're opposing him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were living in a way that they were sacrificing, that they were ostracized by those around them. They were different, but they were different in a way that led them into a place where when the fire came to them, they could say, God, even if you don't, I am at peace with that. Can you say that today? The way you're living, your actions, your heart, is it in alignment with God? Or are you telling God, I love you and I want everything you have for me, but I'm not willing to do it your way? If that's where you are, he's brought you here today because right here on this first Sunday of the year is a time to make a change. Could you just bow your heads and close your eyes right there where you are? Lord, what do you want to say to us this morning? God, that we as your people could come to a place where we would say, God, there's some things that are not right in my life, some things that I'm scared about. There are some situations that I can't control, and I want you to fix it. I want you to make it work out for me. But, Lord, we want to come to a place where we can say, even if you don't, God, we'll worship you, we'll trust you, we'll follow you. Lord, I believe in this room right now, there are some who are coming under complete conviction from the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, if we know that our life, our lifestyle, our actions, our thoughts are in opposition to your word, why would we continue running away from you when your arms are wide open and you're calling us to come back to you, to come to your table? So right now, Father, I pray through your Holy Spirit that you will heal what's broken. And what I mean by broken is spiritual brokenness. Sin always separates us from you. And we can't say even if you don't, if we're not willing to turn and put ourselves at your feet. Lord, right now, we pray for healing. We pray for repentance. So as you're listening to this prayer and as you're praying right now, I just want to ask you this. God's given you a great opportunity right now. And he's saying to you, you ask us to fill the room. Well, the Holy Spirit of God has filled this room this morning because his word has been read. 
And his word is speaking to you. And if right now you know that you're in a place where you are far from God, and you're in disobedience, and you're in rebellion to Almighty God, maybe you hadn't thought about it that way, but if you find yourself in a place where if you even pray, your prayers are telling God what you want, not prayers of submission, God's calling you to come back to a place where you position yourself so that He can be the Most High God in your life. And if you know that you're not there right now, whether this is a salvation thing, whether you need to be saved, or whether you know you've been saved and you've drifted, right now is your opportunity. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now just for you. And you just connect with God through this prayer. If you know that you've never said yes to Jesus and you've never given him your, your heart, your soul, your spirit, your life, right now is your time. If that's you right now, just tell him, God, that's me. God, I'm sorry. My sin has created a, a gap between me and you, a gulf, a chasm. And that's not okay. And God, I can't fix that, but I'm asking you to forgive me. Just tell him that. God, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, I'm asking you to save me. I can't save myself. So God, today, in faith, I'm crying out to you and asking you to save me from my sins. Connect me to you, God. God, I know that I'm far from you, and I don't want to be. I give you my life. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Jesus, save me. If you just pray that prayer, would you just raise your hand right now so I can pray for you? Anybody in the room praying? Yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I see that hand in the back. Lord, for others of us who are here right now, that maybe the complexity of, of the season, of the culture, has caused our thoughts to drift and wander. Lord, I pray for everyone right now who is so apathetic and self-centered, and I include myself in that, God. I get caught up in things, and I get drawn away from you. But, Lord, we're entering into a season for 21 days where we're going to recalibrate and refocus. And, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit of God, we ask you, capture our hearts in this time. Take us to depths with you that we have never before experienced. God, help us to do it together. And help us to experience more of you. Lord, right now, in these closing moments, I pray over this song for things that are not well to become well. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen.